Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 508, Priceless Memories. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. My name is Daryl Darnell. I have now seen every single Batmobile used in a live-action Batman movie up close and in person, and I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I'm sharing a lesson that I learned while riding a Ferris wheel. Well, happy Monday to you. I hope that you had a great weekend, and in case you have a really good memory and you're thinking, wait a minute, I think you already used that fun fact of the day. Well... Sort of, maybe. <laughs> I think I did, except when Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice came out, they had a new Batmobile, which I had not seen in person until last month when I went to Los Angeles. So there was a window there between when that movie came out and then when I saw the new Batmobile in person that I hadn't technically seen them all. And now I've seen it in person, so well, you get the idea. I was pretty jazzed about that too. More about that in a moment. But first, today's fun fact. Now, I'm going to be talking today about our recent trip to Los Angeles, including our time at Warner Brothers, where I saw the Batmobile and some other stuff. So, here are some actual trivia questions that were asked along our tour by our tour guide to our group of 13 that was in our tour. And these are not just questions that he asked. These are all questions that I answered correctly. Yeah. So these are fun facts in the form of trivia questions. Let's see how many you can get right. I shocked myself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I just shocked myself. Some of these, I don't know where I got the answers from, but here was the first question. Why are backlot sets, which are the exterior city street types of sets, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, but so we're walking along, and he points out that there are no light fixtures and no doorknobs. Okay, so why are there no light fixtures or doorknobs on these backlot sets? The answer? Those are added by the set decorators to match the time period of the project that they're working on, because those will change throughout years to match the technology and the style of that era. So if you walk down one of those backlot sets, you'll see a bunch of wires and doors with no doorknobs because those will be put in when they do the project. Pretty cool. Question number two. Which 1990s TV show featured the Warner Brothers water tower in its intro? Now this one was easy for me because I watched this show every single day an animated show called Animaniacs. Number three. What 1989 Warner Brothers movie earned Warner Brothers enough money that they were able to reclaim the entire studio lot and no longer had to co-share that space with Columbia Pictures? Kind of a long question. I'll ask it again. What 1989 Warner Brothers movie earned Warner Brothers enough money that they were able to reclaim the entire studio lot and no longer co-share the space with Columbia Pictures? 
This was actually another easy one for me because all I had to do was go 1989 Warner Brothers movie that made a lot of money. Oh, Batman. And that was the answer, Batman. And lastly, this is the one especially that shocked me. I have no idea where it came from. We're sitting on the set of two broke girls in the chairs where the studio audience would sit as they watched them perform. And it's just our group. And he's talking about how they do things. And he asks this question. He says, here we are in a sitcom and you have a live studio audience. He says, what was the first sitcom to be filmed in front of a live studio audience? And I'm just like, I don't know. It seems like this is rattling around in my brain. It seems like I know this. And someone in the front row, a few people down, said Seinfeld. And the um, the tour guide chuckled and said, no, it was much before then, much, much older than that. And I spouted out almost without even thinking, I love Lucy. And the tour guide says, yeah. And everyone kind of, it's weird because I was on the far end on the back row. And uh, everyone just kind of swiveled around at the same time and looked at me with these looks of awe on their face. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But there you go. That's the, I kind of just kind of ran into the answer. I hope I gave you enough time to think about it. What was the first sitcom to be filmed in front of a live studio audience? I Love Lucy. Again, don't know where it came from. Hopefully you got a few of those right. And there were other questions too that were asked that I did not get right. So (laughs) I didn't answer every question. And I think there were a couple others that I might have gotten right. But it was a lot of fun. But more about that in a moment. You know what else is fun? That's right, the Friday Forum. I I really do love the Friday Forum. Uh, Joshua had a great contribution last week. And I would love for you to be a contributor for this week's Friday Forum. It's your chance to share the stuff that you've learned in your life. So you can do that by calling 304-837-2278 or simply by heading over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback and using the cornucopia of options that we have available to you the SpeakPipe widget, the uh, typey typey out form, or you can attach an audio file. So we'd love to have your contribution for this week. As I'm sitting here today, the mailbag is empty. So the opportunity is perfect for you to be a part of this week's show. Now, here's what I learned yesterday. Los Angeles, California, the place where dreams are made, right? Well, maybe. It is the place where lots of people's dreams come true, and it's the place where many TV and films are made that cause us to dream. Back in April, we purchased tickets to go see Michael Giacchino conduct the Hollywood Studio Symphony Orchestra for an evening of music and story from the TV show Lost. And exactly 12 years to the day that the show first premiered on ABC, we joined 1,200 Lost fans for what turned out to be an incredibly windy and an incredibly memorable night. However, well before we boarded our flight to the land of fruits and nuts, we knew that we wanted to experience more than just the Lost concert. So over the summer months, we looked at all sorts of things to do and weighed all sorts of factors before making our decision on what we would do. We looked at things like total cost, travel time to get there from where we were staying, and the total time for the activity. We wanted to get the most bang for our buck and our short time there. So while our plans changed a bit on our last day there, here's what we ended up doing. Pictures with the Hollywood sign, 
Warner Brothers Studio Tour, Lost Concert, Sony Pictures Studio Tour, Hollywood Walk of Fame, including the TCL Chinese Theater, Santa Monica Pier, the LA Theater Works performance of Amadeus featuring Michael Emerson, and of course, multiple visits to In-N-Out Burger. To be honest, I was most excited about the Warner Brothers tour. The kids were both moderately excited about it, and Carrie was not really excited about it at all. (laughs) But fortunately, it exceeded all of our expectations, and we were all very happy that we went. The three-hour tour included a two-hour guided portion that took us all around the front lot and the back lot. And in case you're wondering, the back lot, as I mentioned in the intro, is where they film exterior shots. They're the permanent buildings that look like Middle America or New York City or, you know, streets that look like they could fit into any neighborhood. And these are all outside. They're permanent structures, as I said, and so they're out in the elements. And the front lot is where you'll find all of the temporary sets that are made for TV shows and movies. And these are the ones that are all in like huge aircraft hangar-like buildings. Well, during our backlot tour, we got to see buildings used in Gilmore Girls, The Dukes of Hazard, Full House, Spider-Man movie, Batman movies, uh, The Last Samurai, and many other things. I even got to walk down the street that was used to shoot the famous 1980s Pepsi commercial featuring Michael Jackson and a very young Alfonso Ribeiro. During the front lot tour, we got to see the set of Two Broke Girls that I mentioned earlier, and many of the costumes from Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and we also got to see quite a few of the vehicles from not just the new Batmobile from the Batman vs. Superman movie, but all kinds of other Batmobiles, Batcycle, all those sorts of things as well. And then we took a brief tour very brief, in fact, it was way too short, uh, through the prop house where I got to see some amazing Humphrey Bogart items. Remember, I'm a huge Humphrey Bogart fan. So I got to see the original light fixtures that hung in Rick's Cafe in Casablanca. I got to see the Maltese Falcon. And I got to see the piano that was used in the 1983 Casablanca TV show. And I even got to see one of the outfits that Ingrid Bergman wore in Casablanca. Well, after the front and the back lot tour ended, we were taken to a section of the studio for a self-guided portion of the tour. And this is all in one big building. And there, we learned more about the process of making TV and film, like choosing scripts and creating sets and designing wardrobes and crafting props. We got to film a scene with a virtual Phoebe Buffet at Central Perk from Friends, and our kids got to interact with a forced perspective set from the Lord of the Rings. If you're not familiar with Forced Perspective, you really should go search it on YouTube. But it's the technique that was used to make all the actors appear vastly different in size, even when they were on set right next to the other actors that in real life are of similar size. And the kids even got to get behind the camera and do some green screen action shots on the Bat Pod from The Dark Knight and pretend to play Kidditch while riding a Harry Potter broomstick. So it was a lot of fun. There's a whole lot more that we got to do that I won't go into, but it was great. Now, the Sony Picture Studio Tour was quite different. It wasn't as good as the Warner Brothers Tour, but we still loved it. 
In fact, we got to visit more production sets when we visited Sony than we did at Warner Brothers. We saw sets for Masters of Sex and Ray Donovan, Dr. Ken, the Goldbergs, and even Jeopardy, which was super cool. The tour didn't include nearly as much interactive stuff, and the tour guide rarely gave us historical or educational insight, no trivia questions or anything like that, but it was still very cool to see how the magic is made. Well, after the Sony tour, we decided to visit the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Outside of the ridiculous cost of parking, it was a free activity. And so we saw stars for a lot of our favorite entertainers, including Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, Michael Keaton, Patrick Stewart, James Doohan, DeForest Kelly, LeVar Burton, Burgess Meredith, Adam West, Bob Kane, Ridley Scott, Motley Crue, and even Daryl Hall and John Oates, which I was pretty excited about because, you know, Daryl's are cool. Uh, Of course, while we were there, we also found our way to the TCL Chinese Theater where we saw the cement hand and footprints of folks like the entire cast of Star Trek The Original Series, Humphrey Bogart, Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Ron Howard, Robin Williams, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Bruce Willis, Jim Carrey, Tom Hanks, Johnny Depp, Judy Garland, and even Sean Connery. Was that good? I don't know if that was any good. I'll leave it in. You can tell me what you think. Uh, it was really fun. And the really the only downside was that we didn't get there with enough daylight to really enjoy it fully. I mean, there are streetlights and stuff, but it's not the same after dark. And we had a hard time seeing some of the stars and stuff. So we could have stayed there longer and saw more, but you know what? We had a great time. Now, the Lost concert was incredible. The orchestra that performed was almost the exact same personnel that worked each week to create the music for the show when it was on the air. And as the music played, we were shown scenes from the show via a projection system. And in between some of the songs, we were entertained by executive producer Carlton Cuse, Sam Anderson, who played Bernard, uh, Sonia Walger, who played Penelope Widmore, Hume, and Josh Holloway, redneck man, who played Sawyer. And to make the evening even better, we got to see many of our lost friends that we haven't got to see since we were in Hawaii two years ago. The Amadeus performance was brilliant. It wasn't a play in the way that you would naturally think of a play. There were no sets and no costumes. The cast sat on bar stools at the back of the stage until it was their time to perform. You see, it was a radio theater performance. It was being recorded to then be played on radio stations all around the world in the upcoming months. So they each had their scripts in hand and read from them as they performed. And then just off to the side of the stage was a Foley artist adding in sound effects as they acted. Michael Emerson had the lead role of Antonio Salieri, and he was stunning. I've seen Michael Emerson perform week after week for the last 11 years, first as Ben Linus on Lost, and then as Harold Finch on Person of Interest. And I know how good he is. However, seeing him perform in person was a treasured experience. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it was riveting. Well, on our final day, we made a last-minute substitution and visited the Santa Monica Pier. We had planned to spend time at Long Beach and visit the Queen Mary. However, we were staying in the same house with Barb and Emily from this podcast and our other mutual friend, Melissa, and they were all spending the day at the Santa Monica Pier, so we decided to join them. And we had a great time. 
Colby, Barb, and I got the ticket that allowed us to ride everything as much as we wanted. Addie was only interested in riding the Ferris wheel, and Carrie was happy to just watch us all from the pier. We rode the roller coaster a couple of times, and Colby and Barb rode that swinging ship a couple of times. And I don't know who had more fun while they were doing that. I could hear Barb laughing over the sound of all of the other screams and laughs that were filling the air. It was really quite entertaining. We also rode the bumper cars and this tower drop ride thing. And it was a lot of fun, as you can imagine. However, the very first ride that we hopped on was the Ferris wheel. And there, sitting at the top while taking in the view of the ocean and the beach, I had an epiphany. Here's what I learned. Airbnb rental, $1,200. Airfare, $1,700. Warner Brothers Tour, $220. Sony Pictures Tour, $120. Lost Concert Tickets, $500. Amadeus Ticket, $60. Multiple Trips to In-N-Out, $65. Santa Monica Pier, $70. Ground transportation, $100. Lifetime of memories, priceless. Well, as you can hopefully tell, we had an amazing time. I think we found a great balance of doing stuff that we wanted to do and seeing things we wanted to see, and yet still have some downtime to relax and enjoy the time we had off. But here's the thing. The view from the top of the Ferris wheel at the Santa Monica Pier was beautiful, and I highly recommend it if you're ever there. If you do the math, we spend about $4,000 on our trip. And honestly, I don't think that's too bad for a family of four to fly round trip, pay for four nights of lodging, eat, and do all of the things that we did. But it's still a lot of money. The ticketing system at the Santa Monica Pier works just like the State Fair of Oklahoma. That is, entry is free, or it might be nearly free at the fair. It's been so long since I've gone, I don't quite know for sure. And then you pay to ride each individual ride as you want to ride them. Or alternatively, you can purchase a wristband that lets you ride everything as much as you want. And each year our kids ask us to go, and we always tell them that it's too expensive. So a few minutes later, as I sat atop the Ferris wheel, taking in the beauty and pondering, it occurred to me that going to the State Fair is quite a bit cheaper than visiting the Santa Monica Pier. What I realized is taking these trips every year or two are truly wonderful. We get to get away from our normal routine and distractions of life. We spend valuable time together as a family and we see things that aren't available in our hometown. But I was reminded of the important fact that we don't have to spend lots of money, travel lots of miles, or sleep in an unfamiliar bed to make memories that last a lifetime. Life is what happens in the day-to-day. I only have a few more years that I get the chance to make daily memories with my kids. And if I'm wise, I'll use each of those days to make priceless moments. I'm Daryl Darnell. And this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. Join the Stuff I Learned Yesterday Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, 
I'd be grateful if you'd share this podcast with a friend.